Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, taking you behind the scenes with the biggest stars of the hottest shows on Broadway and beyond. I'm your host, Variety's theater editor, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Chris Evans. You know him best as Captain America in seven years' worth of Marvel movies, including Avengers Infinity War, the all-heroes-on-deck epic that hits theaters April 27th. But Broadway audiences are now getting to know him as someone much less likable, but just as vivid. The New York City cop Bill in Kenneth Lonergan's play Lobby Hero, now playing at the newly renovated Helen Hayes Theater. Evans is here to talk with me about his Broadway gig, his childhood stage roles, and his future with or without Captain America. Hey, Chris. Thanks for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. How's Broadway treating you? So far, so good. Yeah. 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 I feel really, you know, it was a really intimidating thing to try and to do just because I know it is really a, it's, it's a very, um, tight knit community. And I think you really have to earn your stripes to kind of, to, to, to do it at this level. And I have not. And so you, you, you feel a little, um, scared that you won't be accepted and, and you're a little concerned that you maybe you're taking a job from someone who's worked really hard to, to be up on that stage. And you don't want to feel like you're just leaning on your film credits and, you know, cutting the line or something, but, but at once, I also, you know, I spent my life on the stage. Yeah, when so was the last time you were on stage? Uh, I was eighteen. Yeah, but you know, that's that's what that was my that was my I was a theater kid. Yeah, that's what right. I was. You know, so I my year round. You know, you're doing six seven shows a year. Right. Um. So I mean, name a show I've done it. Um. But but this is all you know as a kid. It's not professional theater. So so at once you feel like you're a bit of an imposter, but then it also kind of feels like you're home. So it's 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 tough to kind of reconcile that feeling. But luckily, it's been really nice and everyone has been very welcoming and uh uh you know it really it forces you to work hard in a different way and focus all your efforts and really make sure you respect what you're doing and 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 respect the process and and respect that you don't know um this this uh this craft at this level and and try to learn as much as you can along the way and uh like i said it's it's really been it's really been great a lot of people find the eight episode eight eight episodes. I eight just episodes. said eight, eight shows a week uh, schedule sort of an adjustment. Have you found that? Yes. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's it's a challenge. You know, you, it's I, everyone keeps saying, "Well, you'll start sinking into it, and it'll start becoming old hat." But each show feels like the first show to me. Still, you know, I'm still you get nerves, and you know, you you really want to make sure you never want to phone anything in. You know, I, I've I've heard a lot of other people on Broadway say that after a while, it does start to become like a machine, but 
I'm waiting for that feeling because I, I still, I still just you know it it truly feels like the first time every time. I also my impression is working on giant Marvel films as often as you do, and then there's all the press that goes with them. Like mm-hmm. that seems all consuming in a different way. Is that right? Like is this is this equally all consuming and. In what ways are they different? It's different in the sense that it's you know the Marvel stuff. If if you're if you're actually making a film, you you have you know plenty of opportunity to try different things, and they'll pick the best version of it. So you know it's 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 liber- it's liberating in the sense that you can really afford to make mistakes. It's scary that you don't have as much control as you may have on the stage. Uh, the difference with the other main difference is that the work in film will live on. You know, that that's not going anywhere. Um, theater, you know, it's just you and whoever's in the house that night and you're just kind of putting on this little production. And, you know, Robert Altman had a quote. He actually was he actually was talking about film when he said it, but it's far more applicable to theater. Something having to do with building sandcastles every night and you're just letting the ocean take it away and then you're going to build another one tomorrow. And, yeah, and that's more theater than film. Incredibly. Huh? It, but he was talking about it in reference to film, which I thought was strange because it, <laughs> the sandcastle doesn't go away with film. It stays. <laughs> you're building a building. Um, no, with theater, it really is just like a little sandcastle and it's just for you and for the people who are there to see it. And then it's it's over. It's gone. It's It's, you know, it's just wiped away. So it's, again, that's, that's liberating in a way, but also a little scary because you kind of have one shot. If, if, you, if you lose mental focus or something, you, you can't just kind of say, give me another take. You really have to stay in a certain frame of mind uh, for an extended period of time, which, again, it's a different muscle and it's exciting to stretch it, but it can be a little exhausting. I understand that you were actively looking for a play to do when this mm-hmm. show came to you. Why was that? Why was it a thing you wanted to get back to? Um... I just, I missed it, I think, you know, I think I had become a little, you know, the the process of film is, is, it varies from film to film. Sometimes you get rehearsal, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you create deep bonds with your other, your fellow actors, sometimes you don't. Um, and, you know, sometimes there's a lot of discussion about character and prep and sometimes there isn't. Um, and I think I just, I missed the feeling of kind of rehearsal. You know, when I was a kid doing theater, it's, it's, you know, over a month of just rehearsal. By the time you get to getting the character on its feet, you, you know it inside out and upside down. And I just, I miss that kind of preparation. I miss that kind of camaraderie and I miss that, that excitement. And, uh, and like I said, I just wanted to stretch a new muscle. I wanted to kind of try something, you know, to, to still do what I do for a living, to still lose yourself in a character, but just in a different way it was exciting. Right. And Trip Coleman, the director, uh, sent the script to you initially. Yeah, did you I, did you know him, or how did the? I don't know. If Trip sent it. My my agent sent it to me. Oh, okay. Maybe Trip sent it to them. But but Got yeah, because okay. like I, I had told my team maybe maybe five six years ago that I wanted to do a play, and so you know, how'd that go over? They they were happy about it. They, they have other clients who do that. You know, they, you know, it's it depends when you want to do it. If you come off of a big movie and you got a lot of offers coming in, they may not be too thrilled to take yourself out of the running. But but they knew that that was in my background, and so they they weren't going to talk me out of it. Um, but but there's a finite amount of theater that, that happens. It's not exactly the type of thing where you can just go get something on its feet, just find some producers, find some funding, and make a movie. There's only so many houses and only so many reputable places that you want to kind of have your debut or whatever. Um, so, so they would send me what was available at any given time, and it just never was quite right. And like I said, it's, it's my first time doing it, and you want to make sure it's something that really means something to you and it's something that you really think you can do well. 
Um, and the year a year ago, they sent me something that Trip was directing called The Layover. That right. he did end up directing. It, it did. It did happen. Yeah. Um, and I read it, and I thought it was good. It just, you know, and I, I spoke with Trip at length about it, and it was good. It just, it just, like I said, it just wasn't a hundred percent. Like if if you're not waking up in the morning and thinking about a project, it's that's when you're doing a disservice to the material and probably taking a job from someone who probably would wake up and think about it and and probably just do a better job than you just because of that. So I, it ultimately, you know, I, I backed out of it. But but um, then this one came along last year and. As soon as I read it, I, I read it once. Normally, I read something three or four times before you commit, but I read this once, and I was just like, "I'm in." Why? Um, because it was, you know, I, I, it was unbelievable, unbelievably prescient. You know, give, given, I mean, and this was this yeah. Was, this play was written. Uh, we should say I seven, saw the original production in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, really, wrote it in nineteen ninety nine, so yeah. eighteen something, nineteen years ago. It was an incredibly long time ago um, for topics that are still so relevant today um it's an incredibly entertaining read i love kenny's writing i think it really it's it serves actors this is kenneth honor the kenneth playwright Honergan. yep it serves actors incredibly well but i i like the fact that i got to play someone who is you know not a good man he's charitably a real creep right yeah. like yeah. he's <laughs> yeah i i typically don't play guys like that and i just thought it was uh exciting to to try and stretch that way and have you found it uh, freeing and as exciting as you hoped it would be. Yeah, it's great. It's a little, you know, it starts to weigh you down. <laughs> you, you know, you're doing it every day, and you really have to stay in this kind of strange headspace. I mean, he doesn't walk around thinking he's a creep. So, I mean, there's, there's that. Right? No, no, very few villains think they're the villain. So, I mean, he's that. That that's that's the redeeming quality, and that's what you really want to try and. Um, emphasize because if he's just a perfunctory villain then there's no dimension to him so you really want to try and make sure that you see him with sympathetic eyes at least at certain parts of the of the play um what was your way in to into his character into your well the thing that humanizes him for you i mean i hate to say it but i i know a lot of guys just like him you know what i mean i grew up in boston where there's a lot of uh you know and and not to say the, the when I say guys like him, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say guys that are you know misogynist or or you know uh, part of the patriarchy in all its negative forms. But but men who are just very confident, who perhaps inject their opinion where no one asked for it, and are a little unaware that it's not their time to have a voice or to offer an opinion, and um, their hearts in the right place. But it's just a life soaked in privilege that they can't recognize. Um, and so, you know, you mix that with the braggadocious, you know, um, temerity of a cop. And I know guys like that too. You know, I, I come from a very Italian family, so there's a lot of gesticulating and loud voices and just confidence. And so, you know, you mix all that together and you start thinking, I, I think I, I think I know how to play this guy. I think I can do some fun stuff. Yeah. That sounds like Bill, right? Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the, yeah. There, Kenny Lonergan gives you some monologues as a playwright, right? Like, yeah, that's like all my stuff. Is. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that's not a thing that ever happens really in movies, yeah. much less Marvel movies in particular, true, right? Very like, true. Yeah. What, how are, are you? Are you enjoying those kind of arias of? Yeah, they're great. I mean, it's it's the one thing I've had to learn is kind of when you fall out of listening. You start realizing to other people or to yourself. To to well, just listening. When I say listen, I just mean being present. Like when really when you when you when you start becoming aware of what you're doing and you slip out of the moment, 
you become very aware of when you need to swallow your spit. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's a real sign for me when I'm having a bad night that I choke a little on my own spit. <laughs> that sounds so strange to say. <laughs> But, you know, my guy has a real thick New York accent and there's a lot of words and diction's so important in the theater. And, you know, he really gets cooking. And uh, and when you're in those moments in life, you're not thinking about when you have to, like, you know, lick your lips or swallow. Um, it's just it's just happening, you know, authentically, naturally. The times when, you know, during rehearsal or something, if I could feel myself being a little too self-aware, I would just start <laughs> being like, oh, my God, I have a lot of saliva in my mouth right now. <laughs> it's a strange thing to kind of become aware of. <laughs> and then how do you get yourself out of it? <laughs> you swallow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know. I mean, you, you have to let it be a part of something. And that's another thing, almost like that's another thing I've kind of learned during this stretch is even when – you know, we were in rehearsal. I became so scared of those pockets, so scared of flubbing lines, so scared of little moments that would betray some sort of truth or expose yourself to the audience as as as, as a performer. Um, but in a way, those little moments—I don't know—they they almost empower you because it's it's like an opportunity to get back on the horse. You know, if you if you slip out for a second, all is not lost. You you the, the, another skill you have to kind of sharpen i guess is understanding if you slip off you got it you got to stand right back up and jump right back in and it's almost it's almost empowering to do that to know that you can even in a moment where you kind of trip you can just you know fall right back in line um and it, it really fills you with a sense of uh confidence that that no matter what happens i i got i got my hand on the wheel your co-star in this is one of your co-stars in this is Michael Sarah, who mm. I had forgotten you had worked with on Scott Pilgrim versus yeah, the World. Yeah. Did you get to know him much during that? Yeah, show? that that was one of those few movies where the the cast bonds so wonderfully. It was it was a lot of young people, and Edgar Wright's such a wonderful director and a really fun film. So everyone really got along phenomenally well on that one. And did that then affect the rehearsal process and play into the your? Um, there wasn't did as you feel much a comfort there. Or? Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, meaning, does that affect the rehearsal process for the play? Yeah, or like, you, did it give you some comfort going in that you'd, oh, you, yeah. you know, you'd work oh, with yeah. one of the... Well, I was happy that I knew him, and I was happy that that I knew he could do the role. You know, you, you, you know for a fact that he's going to really, really, um, re- really excel. I mean, this this part is perfect for him, and so, so it certainly made me happy to know that our, our anchor for the show was going to do his job phenomenally well. That's, that's, that's comforting. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, Love a Hero touches on a lot of uh, issues that seem surprisingly resonant today for mm-hmm. a play that was written so long ago. I mean, you know, more than 15 years ago sure. from police brutality and sexual harassment. Do you find that influences the reaction in the room to the audience by the audience? Is there? Oh, yeah. I, well, I, I, mean, so? I guess I can't say in comparison because I didn't see it before this 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 last year with all this uh, with all these things coming to light. But you, you can certainly feel the, you know. The audience is vocal. The audience is invested, and you know, Bell has a lot of moments where. Yeah, this is Bell Powley, but okay. he's also in it with Brian Tyree Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, uh, Tyree, Brian Tyree, Tyree Henry, Henry. excuse yeah. me. It's okay. Um, yeah, where, where she just kind of, where she's just kind of uh, when she stands up to me, right? when she kind of punches back, and you really feel the enthusiasm from the audience, and it's it's a strange thing to know that if if the more they dislike me, the better I'm doing my job. <laughs> You've alluded a little bit to this uh, already, but uh, we spoke back when Lobby Hero opened. I, we talked a little bit about your past on the stage. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us a little bit more about that. How'd you get into the stage? Your mother was a performer? Uh, well, my mother was a tap dancer. I don't know that right. she did much theater, but my, my older sister was the one who mm-hmm. kind of uh, led the way for us. She started doing plays when she was maybe, you know, you know, 12 or something like that. How many of you are there? Kids? I'm one of four. Okay. And so, yeah, Carly started. And we went to maybe two of her shows. And by the third show, she, she did a couple shows at a couple different youth theaters. And eventually we all just kind of like, man, this looks so fun. She's getting flowers and candy on opening <laughs> night. And <laughs> she misses like a couple days of school, like school time performing. This is great. Uh, so my, me and my brother jumped on board. My youngest sister was still a little too young. Um, and we just loved it. And then, you know, a couple of years later, my younger sister jumps on board. And then all four of us, just year-round, were doing truly, you know, between five and seven shows each. Yeah. And what would you do? Uh, which shows? Yeah. What are your uh, favorites? Oh, man. Um, I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed Into the Woods. I liked West Side Story. And, and you were and, Into the Woods was, it was Jack. Jack. Yeah. Yep. And West Side Story was Action. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, Music Man was Harold Hill. Excellent. Uh, yeah, it was a fun one. Um, God, what else? I mean, Pirates of Penzance, and uh, these are all very musical heavy. These are yeah, yeah. Well, that's are that's you a singer? Mostly, well, I think you have no choice when you're that age doing musicals. You know, you can I can carry a tune, but I'm not a. I'm not, that is one thing I will never. I'd never do a Broadway show. So that's, I do not. have So that. your next Broadway adding is not Harold Hill in the revival no, of the no, Music Man. Okay? That, <laughs> that's actually a bit of an easier show. Music an easier like, saying. I'll never yeah. be Marius and Lane this. We'll okay, <laughs> that'll never happen. <laughs> that would be a tragedy for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and you tap. You, so you mentioned tap dancing, and yep. you tap danced yourself. Now you've taken yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that was another thing we grew up doing. My mother yeah. was a tap dancer, so we had a tap floor in our basement, so we all got lessons and stuff like that. Right. And, and I just like it. I just think it's a cool thing. Um, and so, yeah, while I was here, I, I just started taking classes again. And are you finding what do you, does that in any way uh, affect your sort of mindset coming into the onto the stage? Not really. I think yeah. exercise is good. It gets your endorphins going. Yeah. So, I mean, whether I'm on, you know, whether I got my tap shoes on or if I'm on a treadmill, you know, anything to get your heart rate going. Right. Right. Um, so I'm a little disappointed that the next show from you is going to be, is not going to be a musical, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll live. I'll live. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so we should talk about the fact that Infinity War is coming out any mm-hmm. minute now. Um, what can you tell us about it? God, I don't know. Not Zero much. things. Yeah, I'm guessing, know, right? That's the problem. I mean, there's, there's, they, they've only become uh, more secretive with every yeah. with every movie. I mean, they, 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 you had to truly argue with them to give you a script. They, they didn't want to give right. out scripts to anybody. So nervous about it being leaked. Um, so yeah, I, I can't say much, but. Mm. There's a lot of people in it. There's a lot of <laughs> I, people I can say in it, right? That, yeah. Right. And so you're in this one, and then you're in the follow-up that comes out next year. Mm-hmm. And then is that it for you for Captain America? The yeah, after the follow-up one, the, after Avengers four, that's that's the last of my my contract. You know, my my initial contract right. with them is up. Yeah. And and why? What are you? How interested are you in pursuing further Captain America roles? Um, and, I don't know. Tough to say. I mean, it's it, it's been so lovely doing it. Um, I don't know. I mean, part of you, part of you, kind of realizes that it's going to be a hard thing to let go of, and you know, for almost nine years, ten years now, it's yeah. it's just always been around the corner, um, and you kind of get lulled into a sense of security that it'll always be there. Um, but but part of you almost kind of thinks, well. 
if 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 we end on the right note, and I, and I think it really kind of does. Like the the, the scripts they have are. Really beautiful and really well written. You and filmed the follow up already, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Did. So yeah, you're yeah. done with that par- got, portion of it. All, yeah. all of the movies are in the can. You know, right. we we filmed three and four kind of simultaneously, right. um, and they do such a good job. It's really sweet and lovely and and just special and um, and everyone really has a nice tight um, plot story arc and and I don't know. It, Part of you almost doesn't want to mess that up, um, but you never know. I mean, I don't think Marvel could mess it up if they tried. I guess it depends. I guess it depends. It's hard to know where your head's going to be at in a few years. Yeah. And there's always the, would you have any interest in something like what Hugh Jackman did with Logan or you know, like right, the Deadpool right. movies? Like do something, kind of a shift away, well, but that's still the, that's, in that's, the that's, pain, right? You know, he's, he's the one you would reference in saying that it can work. You know, like he's made like 47 of those movies right. and they just keep getting better, I think. You right. know? So he's, he's I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's tough to know. It's tough to know now how I'll feel in a few years. And so when you think about life outside of Captain America, what – what does life look like? Does it look like this, what you're doing right now? Yeah, well, I, I mean, theater is the thing that I I really just, I didn't know that I needed. Um, I had a hunch, um, but now after doing this, it's been it's been so rewarding in so many ways. Um, but again, it's it's still going to have to be something that I connect to in a real deep way. But, but you know, as soon as this is over, I, I will be on the hunt for the next, for the next play. It's just got to be the right one. Um, I don't know. I think... I, I'm also a big fan of downtime. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who isn't? Well, you haven't had a whole lot of it with well, the last truly, however many years. In, in the last couple years specifically, yeah. it's been a lot of work. And, and you know, I just uh, – I, I like taking my foot off the gas from time to time and just kind of living and just being and just going home and being around my family. And, you know, I, I like getting the desire, the hunger to work. I don't want to work just because – I'm a workaholic or restless or antsy or, or fearful or something. I, I don't believe in momentum. Um, you know, I, I want to work because, I, you know, the same way when you're a kid on a Saturday and you wake up and you just want to build a fort. It's not for anything. You just do it because it's what you want to do the second your eyes open up. Um, I don't want to make work just because I feel like there's something that, you know, I, I, I want to do it just because it's what my creative, you know, appetite is, is looking for right and i know you're attached to jekyll yeah um oh right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right but well, do you have a sense does that relate to kind of the kind of film roles you're interested in pursuing in the future um you know the, being attached to movies like that those are those are pretty lucid i mean you know it's just you read a script and you sit down with some people who own the property and you have a good discussion and you say okay yeah let's let's take the next step which is you know you kind of work on a script and you find a director and you do a lot of polishing and if any time along the way it doesn't quite work out you know the movie might fall apart but but at this stage yeah that that's something we're both kind of in lockstep with but you know we'll see what happens and you directed your first film a few years ago before yeah. we go mm-hmm. um is that something you're interested in doing again very much so yeah. very much so a lot of learning on that one um you know it's 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 a daunting task to to try and dive into that with no previous directing experience and some of the things that you think would be the challenges weren't and then the things that you think would be a piece of cake ended up being some hurdles um so very eye-opening um but but i really liked it i really liked it and and that's another example of needing to find a property a piece of material that 
you just love. You know, when I directed Before We Go, it, it was a little bit of a a broken bird script. You know, it was a script that needed a lot of fixing, and we tried to mend it as best we could. But it was a it was available, and and the people who owned it were crazy enough to let me have a shot. And you know, your first time out of the gate, you're not going to be showered with amazing scripts. Um, and I just think I was I was just eager to get my feet wet. So so now it's the hunt for finding something again that truly means something to me on a deep enough level that you can dedicate, you know, ultimately ends up being like a year of your life towards. Do you have any urge to write anything ever? Um, I have an urge to write. I don't have an urge to share it with anybody. Ah. <laughs> That's the scary part, you know. I mean, to some degree, yeah. I mean, I, maybe not uh, writing original content, but but certainly – uh, fixing scripts and you know rewrites and doctoring pieces that's that's always fun um, especially when you're working with other actors you know and you get their input in terms of you know the character they're trying to portray um, but yeah I, I I'm very I'm very capricious you know by nature and so I, every day I wake up and have another um, endeavor I kind of want to tackle right right and so as you think about the idea of coming back to Broadway you said you'll leave this and want to come back yeah what's going to get you here what's what are um, the, all the with Broadway, it really comes down to like all the right pieces. It's got it all. It's, you need the right cast. You need the right role. You need the right director. You need the right run. Like sometimes I've sure. I've got to be honest. Um, I have a couple friends who've done Broadway, and you know they do these giant, you know, six month, you know, runs that just seem like oh, my, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can handle a sixteen week run, but beyond that, it just seems like. Oof, that 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 takes another level of strength and discipline. But is that the re- is it the idea of going back and doing the same thing over and over again, or what is it that's most daunting about the? Yeah, the length it's, of it's that? about trying to find something new every night. Um, you know, especially if suppose if your character runs the gauntlet of emotions and experiences, it's probably a little bit easier to find access points to surprise you. But you know, if you've seen this play, my guy's a little binary in his thinking, um, and th- there is room for empathy but but still uh, you know if i had to play this guy for six months i i might start to <laughs> lose my mind a little but whatever it is that brings you here it seems like you're going to be back yeah oh yeah without question great well we can't wait to see what it will be in no uh, thanks. thanks a lot chris thanks Absolutely. for chatting yeah, nice you to talk to it, you man yeah, likewise thanks man. That was Chris Evans, who's now on Broadway in Lobby Hero in a limited run that ends May 13th, and soon on the big screen as Captain America in Avengers Infinity War, opening April 27th. On the next episode of Stagecraft, I talk to Lynn Nottage, the two-time winner of the Pulitzer Prize whose latest play, Malima's Tale, is a multifaceted look at the illegal ivory trade from the point of view of its main character, who is an elephant. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.